Welcome to Detour to Neverland, where you are the author of your own Disney story. There's a lot of satisfaction in developing ideas into realities. And you can find magic in your everyday life. If you do what you really want to do, you feel like you're playing. How can you write your first chapter today? Dreams are how we figure out where we want to go. Life is how we get there. I'm headed this way. We're your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 341. Thank you so much for joining us for our review and thoughts and opinions on Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Similar to the title of this film, this episode is probably going to be a little bit of madness, a little bit of chaos. We both just kind of have a random assortment of notes that we have written down, both right when we got out of the movies and then afterwards, kind of digesting it and going along with it. And I guess let's maybe talk about just our journey with this movie. So we did see it on opening night. What did you feel the f- the first time we saw it? Spoiler alert, we saw it twice. The first time that you saw it, how did you leave the theater? Um, well, so it was weird. It was almost like the movie, to a certain extent, was everything that I expected as far as the amount of Wanda that we got loved that initially. Um, I also... Oh, I, real quick, this will contain spoilers. Uh, <laughs> if you've not seen the movie, do not listen to this episode. Uh, just had to throw that out there before... Before we move any further. Yeah. Okay. So I, you know, loved the amount of Wanda. I knew from the beginning that they were going to portray her as a villain. I just felt like all the signs were pointing towards that. But I was a little unsure about her being like the main villain, you know. So my heart was kind of torn into two pieces. Like we just fell in love with Wanda and she did the right thing in Westview. And then now she's the villain. I didn't know what to think about that. But for the most part, when we left, I was still kind of on a high of just just like getting to experience it. I feel like this is the movie that we have been waiting for for such a long time. Like in our household, we have talked about this movie and just unlocking the multiverse and what that might mean for Marvel. I mean, I feel like we've been talking about it for like a year now. I mean, probably since last summer. Well, it's probably since WandaVision came out. And well, when did WandaVision come out? Do you remember? 2020. So two years. Oh my gosh. So yeah, that's longer than I, wow. That's longer than I even expected, honestly. So it was just kind of that mix of we finally got this movie that we were waiting for. But at the same time, I expected more madness. I wanted to leave the movie theater with my brain in a pretzel. Sorry, I started second-guessing myself. It did come out in 2021. Well, that's okay. I mean, that's still a long time. We still sat on it for a long time. Time moves differently during a pandemic, I think. it. I mean, I think most people would agree with that. But I, I guess the disappointment that I felt after the movie was the fact that my brain was not in a pretzel. And then, like we do... We talk about it obsessively. We watch videos. We talk to our friends. And then that's where the doubt started to creep in. Yeah, I almost think... So when we first walked out of the movie theater, 
we like did an initial reaction. What's your rating? And I gave it a 3.5 out of five. And you were hesitant to put a number on it, but I think you ended up saying five. I went ahead and said five because I, it was just so much Wanda in one movie. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? But it was kind of in the days that followed. I don't know if we read too much on the internet or what exactly happened, but we started talking ourselves into, I wouldn't say disliking the movie, but we were way more critical of it as time passed. We're like, well, why did why'd they do this? Why'd they do that? So by, we saw it on Thursday. So I think by Saturday, we already had our tickets to see it again. Yeah. So like we need to sit down and, and view this knowing the ending. And I will say that made a world of difference. My theory is that for me personally, the first time they saw it, I was so not worried about the horror, but you know, experiencing a horror movie is completely different where you're waiting for jump scares and you're waiting for things that I wasn't fully taking everything in and like seeing the storyline little seeds that they planted along the way. The second time, knowing when the scary parts would be, <laughs> I think helped me to do it. So again, we did just see it 24 hours ago, but I'm feeling much better now after seeing the second time. Are you like, it was yours the same, like it was a peak, then a valley, and now we're at a peak again. I think so, mostly because of what you said, like being able to pick up on those details because we did make pretty extensive notes in our phones and we didn't compare notes or anything, but as far as just like our initial questions, things that we were thinking, I mean, this podcast episode probably would have been very different if we would have just went for it straight out of the gate. And I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but going back in today and looking at my notes again, I was like, man, these are rubbish notes. Like I, I, I don't question these things anymore like I did the first time, which is, I feel like, a very good sign. Yeah. So I think our approach to this episode is going to be, first, we're going to talk through all of the characters, just kind of did we like the portrayal in this movie, talk about high points, low points, just kind of our overall feeling on them. And then we're just kind of maybe just kind of pinball back and forth of talking about a point, moving on, talking about our next point or question, and We'll just go for as long as we can. Yeah, we'll see what happens. What's your, uh, well, I was going to ask you what's your prediction on how long this will be, but I don't want to project it. But you at home, well, no, because <laughs> you already know you saw it when you opened it. Dang yeah, it. that's okay. I wish there was Nice a game. try. wish there was a game we could play. So first, let's talk about our main man of the film, Stephen Strange. Now, neither of us... You, I, I, I'll let you speak for yourself. I like Doctor Strange, but he's, you know, probably lower third on my list of <laughs> MCU characters. I, he's a semi unlikable guy, and I say semi because he does have redeeming qualities, and it is interesting the way that they kind of teeter him on this line. I think the multiverse. Well, this movie especially, and even the What If series and everything that we're seeing there kind of show us why he they let him teeter back and forth between do you like this guy? Do we not like this guy? Is he just a jerk? Is you know, does he have redeeming qualities? 
I I still don't know how I feel. He's definitely towards the bottom of my list. It's interesting because like, so Tony Stark, you longtime listeners will know you did not like Tony Stark in his Iron Man trilogy. Like no. it took until probably after Age of Ultron that you started liking Tony. Like and was they, it Infinity War when you finally started liking him? Probably. Because he, I mean, because he was kind of meant to be unlikable. I mean, I think it, yeah, I think it was very intentional the way that they put his characters that you could see, you know, his softer side develop. Maybe we'll see that with Doctor Strange. I kind of think it's going to be the opposite. I think we're going to see how now he gets a little more twisted, a little more sneaky, but that's just my prediction. It's interesting that. I do think there's a lot of similarities between Tony and Steven and they're both are kind of being put in these fatherly type roles, you know, both with Peter and now America Chavez with Steven. It's an interesting, like maybe that's how they pull on that softer side, like showing that they are human and they do care, even though they have kind of an arrogant, you know, big ego facade that goes along with it. But as far as like what I thought about him in this movie, I I mean, I almost feel like there wasn't a ton of character development. I mean, maybe at the very end, he kind of starts to move forward with his life. We see that he fixes his watch. So maybe that's a sign of moving forward. You know, obviously he did the better thing with America, but I mean, should we talk about that now or should we save it for, I mean... I don't know. Whenever. He did the better thing, but I don't think it was his choice to do the better thing. What do you mean? Well, so if we think about the Book of Ashanti, their whole quest to find it, it wasn't until the second time that we watched the movie that you pointed it out that the star that appeared when they looked at it was almost like telling him, she's how you defeat Wanda. Or not even, I don't even like the word defeat because, you know, how you show her the better path. And like, I, I feel like without that, he probably would have just taken her powers. Yeah. Like I, he did what had to be done to solve the problem and to stop Wanda from being more powerful to the point where he would not be able to stop her. So it's almost like self, self. Seeking because he doesn't want Wanda to have the powers. Like that's why the other Doctor Strange, which I did think was funny how they were always like the other, other, other yeah. Doctor Strange. That did make me chuckle every time. But like that's that was their reasoning the entire time. Oh, well, I can control it. I should have it. Not you, not Wanda, but me because I'm the best yeah. kind of thing. There were a couple things that stood out to me that I thought were pretty good for character development that you did sort of get the sense that he did struggle with the decision to allow Thanos to win the first time and to give him the time stone, you know, because when you watch infinity war and Endgame, you kind of get this feeling is like, he's kind of indifferent about sacrificing Tony and Peter. Like, I mean, he, I guess he knows that's how it has to be done, but it does seem like in this movie you're seeing a little bit that he maybe second guesses it sometimes and or he 
regrets how it went down. I don't think he regrets the end result, but maybe the better way of saying it, he's coming to terms with how much damn, even though they won, there's so much damage, you know, just that little conversation between him and Dr. West, I think was pretty telling that, you know, maybe he feels something more than we've seen previously. Well, and they did keep bringing it up and Wanda was sure to keep throwing it back in his face. Like, look what happened. You did this. So maybe we're going to see how that impacts him more long term. Like maybe he is dealing with some guilt. He just has a harder exterior. I don't know. Yeah. Um, And then the other part kind of plays into what I'm after watching it the second time, I think a theme that they were trying to get across to us is, you know, I know people who don't necessarily like Loki. We're just going to keep coming back to it. I'm going to keep coming back to it where they say, you know, nobody's truly good or bad. And I think this movie showed more than anything is that like they are all pretty selfish and they all just kind of do what's best for them. You know, and if you're put in different circumstances, you will make wrong decisions. And I think that's kind of where I leave off with Strange in this movie, kind of like what you said. Like, it was a nice moment between him and America, but I also think he knew that him using the dead body to try to take America's powers, like, Wanda wasn't going to let that fly. (laughs) You know, like, she's too powerful to let that fly. This was the only way to win. So I still don't know if if he's reached that, like, you know, to me, a pinnacle is like a Steve Rogers level. Always does the right thing, no matter what. I don't think anybody else is like at that level. They all are just kind of self-indulgent to accomplish their own missions or imperatives. Just for the sake of argument, uh, Peter Parker he he kind of did what the right thing to help everybody. So may, is he at that level I think at so. this point? I I would That al- was a pretty big sacrifice. I would allow that. Okay. That was MJ not so much, but Well, yeah, I I specifically said Peter Parker. Yeah. You're just talking about Spider-Man in yeah. this case. I still think Ned's going to be a villain, but that's a <laughs> that's a discussion for a separate day. Um so let's talk about Wanda now. My girl I saw you shed some tears in the theater, even before the end. Yeah. No, I mean, there were some, there were a lot of times where I think they were pulling you back into that Westview, that WandaVision of like, they are really allowing you to see how much she is struggling, you know? And again, like, I think that's the root of all of this is she's just so unhappy. She's looking for any little possible way to piece her life back together. And I know it just sounds like I'm justifying all her actions because I am. (laughs) And I don't know, but you can't help. But like when you saw the, like the, I don't even know if they're flashbacks, their dreams, the nightmares, whatever you want to call them, where she's with her boys. I mean, it's just so touching. And it's like, you can feel, you can really feel just like how desperately she wants to go back to that, like that she will literally do anything. And I don't necessarily agree with that. Again, it really hurt me to see her be the villain. But I don't know. I mean, by the end of it, she did the right thing again. 
So we're circling back to the whole and strange, no one's actually good or bad thing. And Strange said that to her at the beginning. He's like, well, you did the right thing in the end in Westview, and that's all that matters. A little foreshadowing. Yeah. Um. Also, it made me think of this now that we're bringing this back up again. Professor X, the fact that he basically said the same thing too. Yeah. Too strange. Again, I really do think they're just hitting that idea home. Well, and we've seen this in the MCU a little bit in the past. They've dabbled with this. And specific, the one that stands out to me the most is Clint being Ronan when he starts to spiral after Infinity War. I mean, he does some messed up stuff mm-hmm. as well. And, you know, he's still redeemable. And he Natasha finds a way to break through to him. So... You know, I think it, this isn't a brand new concept. We've never seen it to this level, but it's not. It, it's we've we're past the point of good guys and bad guys. It's all circumstantial now. Unless you're talking about Thanos, I feel like he's a bad guy. Yeah, but you know, those meme goes around like whenever stupid things happen in the world, and everybody's like, Thanos was right. Well, yes, I know there's always those, but. I mean, I I see what you're saying, which is, I don't know, again, why it hurt my heart. Well, one thing I did want to just point out on Wanda is that obviously you're an Elizabeth Olsen and Wanda Maximoff super fan. But I, you know, like I'm supportive of you, so I'm supportive of her, I guess. <laughs> I did not realize, and you know, the esteemed film critics and everything, like they always poo-poo on superhero movies. There is no way that someone could watch WandaVision and this and not see the versatility and the range of just how phenomenal of an actor that she is. I mean, would you agree? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, I feel like that's why it's so powerful because you can feel the emotion. Like, that's why it just makes you want to cry every time you see she's unhappy because. She's like too good at it. She's too good at portraying that emotion. And I don't know, from WandaVision, like seeing the old sitcom style that she did. I mean, obviously that I feel like takes talent. So I don't know. One piece of dialogue that stood out to me the second time we we watched it was Wanda saying at the very end to the kid, she's like, I'm not a monster. Like, I wouldn't hurt anybody. How does that land for you? Because we did talk about almost all of her attacks in this movie. She was not necessarily the one to take the first move. I mean, I guess she shot at Strange first and she mopped the floor with the Illuminati. But... (laughs) Like, it it seemed to me that the other people approached her with combativeness as well. Like, they thought that she was past a point of reason, and she probably was. But there were several times throughout the movie where they were showing us, like, Wanda is still in there. I mean, the whole scene with Professor X like going into her mind was showing, like, Wanda is still there. She maybe isn't fighting to get out, you know, it's not like a Moon Knight situation where they're fighting back and forth. So do you take that that was like the real Wanda in there or that was just the one who was getting dreamwalked on? Oh, I took that as 
because it it had WandaVision playing on the TV. So I took that to be like, that's her suppressing that part of her because the dark cold had taken over her mind, her body, everything. I guess it could be like a porcano los dos thing. Why not both? I mean, it could be, yeah, where it could have also been the one who she was entrapping. <laughs> I, I li- like quite I literally. Like, I like the term dream walked on. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I forgot what I was supposed to be talking about now. I mean, is like, is she a monster? Is she? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I think she was in there the entire time and she was very desperately pleading. I think a huge conversation that we had in the car last night was like you said, they kind of approached her as, Oh, you are the Scarlet witch. Now you are bad. Like they immediately flipped the switch and said, we can't reason with you like we did with Wanda. Although if you look back at her history, the way that they locked her up, or I shouldn't say they, the way that Tony Stark locked her up in Avengers campus because they thought she was dangerous in the first time, like they've kind of always treated her like that. Like, Oh no, Wanda, you don't know what you're talking about or what's going on. Or what you're capable of. Yeah. Or, you know, so they, they do kind of treat her differently. And it was like, there was no compromise. There was no, let us help you find your kids or let's work together. Like we, well, and strange kept throwing it in her face saying like, your kids aren't real when he knows dang well, they are real or, but that's even like, I mean, in any context, if you tell someone like that's not real or, you know, you don't really feel that way. You're, you're just making it up. You it's know. like saying, uh, it's calm not down that to bad. Someone. Yeah. I mean, that's essentially what he was doing. Like, Oh, well they're not real. Why would you go after them? You know, that's going to enrage anyone. And I think probably being just pushed, pushed, pushed like that would make anyone just be like, you want to see, you want to see what's going to happen. I'll show you what's going to happen. The other moment that I think kind of plays into this idea, and I think it's important. And again, I could be completely misinterpreting this, but I think this is one of those movies we is going to take like two or three after this for us to fully understand the context of what this meant and what the ramifications of this movie are. But the scene where she breaks into Carmitage and, you know, they're all confronting each other and she shows them like, my kids are real. I, I hear them. I can see them. I know that they're out there. Um, and in that moment, he says, well, what will you do with their mother when you get there? And it looks like she's starting to have a breakthrough. Yeah. Like I mean, she's, she gets she, emotional. She hesitates. And at that moment, he throws his snake hands at her. And it's like, she was close. Like that could have been the moment that you broke her, mm-hmm. you know, and said, look, Wanda, like you're causing more damage than, than you realize. This makes me, so we are circling back now to where we started, where you were like, I'm not a monster. I think that's what it comes back to because that's what it was in Westview too, where, you know, they kind of lifted the fog for a second and she was able to see everybody's panic. That's what made her give it up because she didn't want to, she doesn't want to be a monster. You know, she, 
She didn't ask for any of this. She even kind of says it at the beginning, like, I know what it's like to be hunted for these powers you never wanted. She didn't want any of this. And you also have to understand that the dark hold is influencing her. Oh, I like, know. I that. mean, it's corrupting her. Yes. So I feel like in that moment, it did flip a switch. And you're right. Maybe this whole thing could have been avoided if Doctor Strange wasn't being a you know what. And <laughs> people are not going to like that. But I mean, you don't, you just said it yourself. He, he, she was being vulnerable. You could see, you could see the wheels turning and he throws snake cans at her. The, and what I struggle with is that I missed that completely in the first movie. Like I missed that moment. So this is just one of those things like, does it mean anything or was it just like, who knows? I think that was the first scene though, that started making me like teary eyed because I mean, it is sad. So I mean, I hope because I do not believe that she's dead. There is no way. There is no no chance. I I think when we see her again, I'll be interested to see if we get like a post um the very first thing where everything went wrong. Hex? No. And like way early Wanda. Sokovia? Yeah. With all that, like where she like shuts down and doesn't want any part of it. I'm gonna be interested if she resorts back to that Wanda. Or, like, what what her next move is going to be. Yeah. I mean, because you would assume she will not have the corruption of the Darkhold. So, she, will she still be the Scarlet Witch? Or will she just be Wanda with powers? Somewhere in the middle? Who knows? Who know, yeah. Okay. Next on our list. But A-plus for Wanda. That's what I'm hearing for you. Always. Always A-plus for Wanda. You're not biased at all. Not at all. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about Wong. I did like seeing him in the Sorcerer Supreme role. I thought, I mean, that's really cool. Cause obviously every, I feel like everyone's rooting for him, like team Wong all the way. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I mean, I wish we got more Wong because what we did get, I'm, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. My thoughts are that they've kept teasing like Wong's going to be big. Wong's going to be big. Wong's the Sorcerer Supreme. Watch out. Wong is pivotal. And like he never, they never give him that opportunity to be pivotal. Mm -hmm. Like he just keeps being the sidekick. I feel like we all love him enough now where it's like, let's make wong in the multiverse of madness you know (laughs) like i would go see that movie in an instant and i i kept waiting for like his big moment and it just never came so that's where i and you you know some things i felt like were out of character so when the dark hold gets destroyed and wanda's you know saying demanding you tell me how this happens i mean he just gave it up that easy? Well, that's what upset me is that the girl, we later learned her name was Sarah through watching some videos. You know, she essentially sacrifices herself to destroy the dark hold. And it's almost like that meant nothing because now Wanda is 
torturing these four other people. And I'm sure that hurts Wong. Obviously, he doesn't want to see anyone hurt. And I, you know, I can imagine that the destruction of Kamataj would really get to him because that's like the sacred place. But he was so quick to just release that information where as the Sorcerer Supreme, I mean, maybe he knew it was all going to work out in the end. I don't know. But like he just gave it up and brought her there. Yeah. And then at the end, the way that he starts to throw America under the bus after going through this whole thing, making it such a big deal. How are you going to kill this child, Wanda? You know, it, she's just a child, blah, blah, blah. So my, in my notes, I have Wong, quote, Wanda, at the cost of a child's life, one hour later. <laughs> SpongeBob voice, strange, take America's power. It's like, dude. Yeah. They, I mean, it, and it just goes back to that. I don't know. Like you said, it's that weird line that they are really playing with of, is it right? Is it wrong? We kept watching videos where they just kept bringing up like in the ultimate state of the universe or multiverse, you know, this, your sacrifice, blah, blah, blah. You know, and they make it sound like this grand thing. But at the end of the day, is it that in the grand state of the multiverse or is it I'm going to save my hide for right now because Wanda is more powerful than me and she's going to rip me apart? Yeah. Well, and I think the thing with Wong is that, I mean, she did throw him off the cliff, so I guess maybe she turned to kill him, but she could have actually killed him after she took him there if she really wanted to. Mm-hmm. I actually thought Wong was going to die in this movie. Oh. I thought it was going to happen. But um, Benedict Wong actually spoiled it before because he said that he wants a Disney Plus series with him and Ned teaching Ned had to be a sorcerer. Which we all need that now. That would be so funny. The pro- I don't know if they could strike a deal with Sony for Disney Plus. Is the only thing I'm worried about. Uh, well, but do they like quote unquote own Ned? Yeah. Do because he's part of Spider Man. Yeah. Mm. That's unfortunate. But that would be cool. But I mean, do you have the same feeling about Wong? Is like you were waiting for his moment. I w- yeah, I thought that this was going to be kind of his shining moment. And it is unfortunate that he keeps falling, you know, sidekick to Strange. Because I think it'd be really cool to give him like that, I don't know, empowering moment where he saves the day. And we were, and this is going to come up later, but like I thought that that end credit scene in Shang-Chi was really like laying the groundwork to, you know, like, yeah, Strange is powerful, but Wong's the Sorcerer Supreme now. Like, he's he's the go-to man. But he kind of just... Strange just kind of took care of everything mm-hmm. in this one. So hopefully there's better things to come for him, though. Yep. All right. America Chavez. Ooh, yeah, we're both like looking at each other like, who's going to go first? Um, you've went first on the last couple. I can go first if you'd uh, like me to. Okay, you can go first. I I really did think that Sochi Gomez was a fantastic actress in this. I think they did everything that was asked of her. I do, to me, the 
storyline of like, oh, I'm young and I don't know how to use my powers. I'm a little bit over it at this point. I don't know. It just, to me, I was hoping for something a little bit more powerful or like emotional behind, you know, maybe why she hadn't been able to master her powers. And I'm sure it's probably... Like, I think they, to me, they were going that route when they showed the memory with her moms. And I thought she'd be like, I'm afraid to use it because, like, I think I killed my mothers at this point. And I thought they were going to lean heavily into that. But instead of just like, I don't know how to do it. You know how to do it? I mean, and it it might be interpretation, but... I do think it was linked to confidence to a certain extent because it did kind of keep coming back to that, you know, the fact that she felt so uneasy. She searched the multiverse for other Americas. Like she wanted to find people like her and there are none, which I thought was interesting. Um, But then also it kind of took like that pep talk at the end for her to accept that she could control her powers. But it was, it was just like a flip. You know, that switched. It was like as soon as Strange mentioned, oh, you can take her. She was like, yeah, I can. And she just went with it. I am excited to see kind of where it goes next because we did have to read about her. Like we, I think we literally read like the Wikipedia page on America Chavez before we went to the movie. Another young Avenger. And that, yeah. So I think the potential is endless for where we could see her again. I don't really know. I mean, what would your prediction be for the next time that we see her? I don't know because she's such an interesting character because if you've kept up with some of the stuff and Sam Raimi just said this recently is that this was not actually supposed to be how she got introduced to the MCU. Um, So if COVID had not happened, I think they're blaming it on COVID. America Chavez was supposed to be in Spider-Man No Way Home. And so, I mean, you can kind of put two and two together is that maybe they recruit her to help get Toby and Andrew back to their universes instead of Strange casting the spell to get them back. But, you know, I wonder how things would have played out differently if that had been the case. But um, when will we see her again? like the Marvels, maybe? Maybe. Because they're kind of multi... Maybe. I don't know what the word I'm looking for. I actually wanted to go through all of the upcoming titles at the end of this. So let's so put a pin we'll on that. come back to that. Yeah. But I do think... I'm super excited that Sochi Gomez is going to be in the MCU because I think she was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I do think we got just enough background information on her to kind of, I don't know, let us know where she came from or what's up with her. Not a ton, but at least enough to get us by for now. I mean, obviously there's got to be more of a story there besides a teenage girl who likes to eat pizza, but you know, we'll get there. Yep. Uh, Christine. Christine. I was expecting more out of Christine in this one. I thought it'd be more like a bigger role. 
But at the same time, is there a bigger role that she plays? And I don't mean that in like a mean way. You're saying in the comics? Yeah, but just in the comics, like in the grand scheme of the Doctor Strange story, I feel like every in every iteration that we've seen, basically, it's more of a Doctor Strange problem. Like he lost, she's the one that got away. Yeah. You know, he lost the girl. And I can appreciate her revamped role with the Illuminati. You know, she's a scientist. That's like a cool job. But at the same time. Probably has a pension plan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure she makes great money. Good for her. Um, but like what, what role did she play? You know, like why? Well, she's just a tool to, to move Steven's story arc along is what it comes down to. But what? But what is she doing to move the story along? I think it's she's just still like, the one that got away. But yeah, I mean, I think it's just him coming to terms with it is what she did in this movie. She allowed him to accept that it's not going to work in any universe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I obviously I like Rachel McAdams. Just from the Notebook, or I I just like her. I mean. Who doesn't like her? I don't know. She's just a very likable person. She's got a likable face. We did watch the um, red carpet event. She seemed very uncomfortable on the red carpet. Well, I also feel like when we watched it, it was um, Benedict Cumberbatch was like walking onto the red carpet and it was like every single person there like turned to look at him so I don't know if she felt snubbed or if she felt awkward or if she... She also followed up behind Sochi Gomez and Elizabeth Olsen, didn't she? She did. But I don't think that would be the... Pro- I don't know. I didn't feel like that was a problem. I almost felt like maybe it was awkward because even the people interviewing her were like, oh, look, there's, you know, there's Benedict. And she's like, okay, I'm going to go now. Like she even made a comment like, oh, you'd rather talk to him. So yeah. like, I'm going to go now. And then, you know, where you go from there. Like, how how weird. Yeah. But, I mean, I agree. It was nice to see Rachel McAdams. I don't think we'll ever see her again in the MCU. I think this it's done. The, now. Yeah, she's kind of done. I guess, like what you said, I mean, she did what she needed to do. He came to terms with it, and now, now it got Clea. He fixed, he fixed the watch. Yep. All is solved. And then last one, we're going to talk about the Illuminati separately. I think it's going to come up in conversation, but Mordo. It's just, it, it's way different than what I expected for Mordo. I, I expected I mean, to see the Illuminati, but I thought we were going to see our Mordo. So like Mordo at the end of Doctor Strange is like, I'm going to come back and slaughter you and everyone that you love. And you're like, holy crap, let's watch well, out for and Mordo. slaughter all the other... Um, sorcerers sorcerers yeah he thinks there's too many so there's still the 616 mordo is just i mean i don't know what he's doing he's out there scheming that's what he's doing (laughs) he's gonna you want to talk about real bad guys he sounds like a real villain so that's the only part that i'm like what like i mean it's cool to see this other mordo but i thought it was lame you brought him back because i feel like everyone was probably thinking what we were thinking and then he's just he's just part of the Illuminati, and, you know, with this, like, I'm better than you complex. I mean, lame. This, that's just where I get worried because, I mean, that was 
you know, now relatively or like halfway through phase, I guess that would have been phase three, like beginning of phase three was Dr. Strange into phase two. It all gets, I have no clue. Messed up now, but you know, that's a seed that they planted is that Mordo is going to come back and he is looking to kick some butt. And we're like, okay, let's, like, I might lose sleep at night worrying about what Mordo is going to come back and do because he is not happy <laughs> with how things shaked out. And now, like, I don't think we'll ever see him again. Maybe. And that's what worries me now because this was one of my points. They have planted so many seeds in this phase four. I know Kevin Feige's a genius, but I don't, I think, I think something has to get lost in this shuffle. Well, honestly, if Mordo is the one that gets lost, well, that I, that is fine with me. I would agree with that, but I'm just saying, like, we keep talking about these young Avengers. What if nothing ever, what if they never go get Eli Bradley to become Patriot? That would be disappointing. You know? What if Tommy and Billy never grow up to be part of the young Avengers? It's just, I don't know. It worries me. Yeah. That they can just kind of leave you hanging on some of this stuff. I'm just wondering when we're going to get Harry Styles again. <laughs> that's the Eternal seed that two, I, I guess. That's the seed that I'm not going to let go. Or uh, Guardians 3. I think he could mix well with them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Love and Thunder, but maybe. If Marvel loves us, maybe. You just want to put Harry Styles in every movie? I just want to see his character. I think it's going to be awesome. So that's all the characters that we wanted to discuss. So now we just want to kind of, some of these are going to be like, I really, really liked this part. Some of it's going to be like, this is a plot hole that I'm really having trouble getting over. We'll just, we'll see what happens. So um, I want to start. My first thing is just Sam Raimi. So, I think probably most people can put together, neither of us are big ultra fans of the horror genre. I would say we are not fans at all. You're an anti-fan. I am, I'm yes. I'm different, but you're an anti. anti. Um, I would assume maybe the only Sam Raimi films that you saw before this were the original Spider-Man trilogy. Correct. I saw the original Spider-Man trilogy, and then... I think we had maybe just started dating when this happened. I was probably the most excited person in the whole world about Oz the Great and Powerful. <laughs> I and I honestly I must have seen that one then too. Surely. I, I honestly didn't realize that was Sam Raimi until like it's come up a couple of times in these breakdowns that we watch. And um <laughs> You know, it's hard to admit now, knowing the kind of person he is, but I was a huge James Franco fan at that yeah, point in were. time. Mm -hmm. I loved, you know, like that was right after the Alice in Wonderland revamps, and I loved the first one. Second one, trash, terrible, well, garbage. The whole premise of the second movie is like, weird. But the first one... I loved it. And I thought this was going to like fall into a similar category. It's like, oh, like Oz is pretty trippy. You know, maybe I've never, ever. Well, there's two movies that I 
despise with a passion. Let's tell oh, that's the, the people. great and powerful. <laughs> the one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life. And I was maybe one of a dozen people who are actually excited to see it. <laughs> and number two was Ready Player One. Oh no. Just, was that Sam? No, that no. was not Sam Ray. <laughs> this is just this I think is that was, just in the same tangent. I think that was Steven Spielberg, actually. But um that was just the one of the worst adaptations from a book to a movie that I've ever seen. But <laughs> the point remains like everybody's like, I love Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi is great. Yeah, I love him. And it's like, I can appreciate what he did for the comic book movie genre, but don't you dare have Oz the Great and Powerful on your IMDb and try to tout that you're some generational director because that was a horrid movie. Well, I think my only issue with Sam Raimi, I... I actually enjoyed the horror element of this, the scary things. Um, even though I do not like horror things, I do think it was fitting just to kind of portray like the fear that the people throughout the movie had facing Wanda. I mean, she wasn't unknown. Everyone knows she's powerful. They just kept referencing, you know, she's destined to destroy or rule everything. I think that built up a lot of fear. And I think... You know, even Wanda, if we think about Wanda versus Scarlet, which Wanda probably would have really feared that amount of power too. So I think everything that they did to portray that, I can appreciate. What I, in a lot of these breakdown videos that we watched, my only thing is like a lot of what they highlighted as being so great about this movie, it was just like a big love letter to Sam Raimi. And if you're a huge fan of his, then we're probably making you very mad right now. But to me, your average Marvel fan, I'll just call myself average because I don't know everything. Um, Like, I don't care about any of that. I don't care about how this scene, this scene, that eye, the way she crawled out of the mirror, this car, like all these different things tie back to Sam Rainey and everything that he did for horror or in the horror genre. Like I can appreciate the horror and how it would fit in with the story. I don't care about the history of horror movies. And maybe that's just a me thing, but they just kept highlighting it. Like we were supposed to be amazed by it. And I did not feel that way. Well, I guess just to play devil's advocate on that is that, we really didn't notice those things. Like we didn't watching it the first time because we are not big Sam Raimi fans. We didn't get a lot of those references. So like, I didn't feel like it took away from my movie watching experience. I just thought it was mildly too much. You know, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, I get that. It's like, it's there if you really enjoy it, but if you don't enjoy it, you probably don't notice most of it. Now, we would have, I guess, we would have liked to see, like, that flipped and, like, put in more Marvel Easter eggs. Yeah, like, where, you know, there was one Spider-Man reference, like, it would have been cool to get more, you know, or just, I don't don't know. I really really thought we were going to see Tobey Maguire. 
That would have been epic. So that was my uh, first point was Oz the Great and Powerful. Just that it was a terrible movie? or I, just, you know, <laughs> I don't understand. I, where, you, where were we going with I this? I needed to get that off my chest is that like Sam Raimi, a lot of people have him high up on their director list. I'm just saying you got to look at the bad with the good. That needs to be taken into consideration. And by bad, I mean Oz the Great and Powerful, a film <laughs> from 2013 directed by Sam Raimi and starring James Franco and Mila Kunis. I cannot with you right now. I can't. Ex- I like. I don't know why I was so hyped for that movie. I thought it was going to be amazing. Just horrid. And it was a letdown. Yep. Well, we are all sorry for your loss. Thank you. For that it's trying time. Nine years too late, but that's yeah. okay. <laughs> um, man, I mean, the big, obviously, this is probably a big thing that stands out for a lot of people, but the whole Illuminati scene as a whole, I mean, just that entire portion of the movie, I, I have, I don't know, like, I, I loved the casting, I loved the wow factor, I liked how you know, they took Maria and made her Captain America. Captain Marvel. Oh, <laughs> whoops. whoops. I combined the two. Uh, Captain Marvel. I thought that was super fun. Obviously loved seeing Captain Carter. Big Peggy fan. Liked that. Although I didn't really like her as Captain Carter. I was was not a fan. She was much more charming in What If. She was. She had none of her charm. And we, well, we'll get to this in a second. Um, I liked seeing Professor X because we watched X-Men before so that I would be familiar with him because we knew that he was going to be in it somehow. And then obviously John Krasinski. Just super fun because we've all been waiting for that. We wanted it in WandaVision. I guess we're happy to have gotten it now. Better late than never. Hopefully that's not the last time that we see him. So I'm going to steal and just slide in a sub point here. And if you can wrap this into your narrative, then more power to you. Okay. But what was the point of putting Patrick Stewart in the trailer? What did we gain from that? Why could he have not been a shock just like John Krasinski? I mean, was it just to give us that little hint that people had been biting for? Like, I mean, were they just trying to get people to go to the movie to see who I else mean, showed up? Maybe, I mean, that's I not mean, a but that's not beneath them to kind of reel you in like that. I'm just trying to think of how cool would that have that moment have been? Is like, and I don't know how your theater was whenever you saw it at home, but. You know, for ours, people lost it whenever, first when Peggy showed up, then when he introduced Maria. I think people couldn't, they didn't know it was Maria at first. Yeah, I don't think people made the connection as quickly. But then when Reed Richards showed up, it was pandemonium. Yeah, Throw your hands in the air, like people were throwing bras at the (laughs) front. I threw my underwear, like. The whole thing. I can't. But, and like there was a, and then, you know, obviously there's a little break and then Professor X comes out. Can you imagine the pandemonium 
if he if we didn't know that he was coming from the trailer. I mean, it was still exciting, but I agree. I mean, that would have been like a huge moment. I I think they were just trying to give the people a little bit of what we wanted. I would have rather seen, I mean, and they did give us Peggy. They put her shield in the trailer as well. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, if you put Black Bolt in there, nobody. No, literally who. nobody knew what, who he was. I don't know. That's just my only thing is like, what did we gain by putting Patrick Stewart in the trailer? I would have rather just been, uh, you know, maybe shame on me for watching trailers. Maybe I shouldn't oh, do that anymore. Come on. Everybody watches trailers. Sorry. I didn't mean to derail your point, but if you want to continue talking you, about the Illuminati. You did derail me just a little, but it's okay. Um, I think my biggest point with the Illuminati is it was really fun to see them. Like the cameos are always a big wow factor. It doesn't bother me that Wanda just came in and like clean housed them, like whatever. What kind of bothered me was their attitudes. And maybe it was just because it was, you know, it's a different universe. Maybe they're not meant to be very likable. But honestly, I you weren't even mad when Wanda killed them all because they were kind of jerks. Yeah. Well, and, they were pretty arrogant. Well, and so we were trying to justify their arrogance in the car. And you can tell us if you agree with this. But maybe just after everything that they had been through with their strange, maybe they truly were like panicking. Maybe they were on high alert. You know, I could understand if they thought that this other Doctor Strange had come to their universe and was about to, what was the word for collide them? Uh, Dis- no, I ha- I know it. Well, essentially, I could understand. It's not a, no, it's, I keep wanting to say insurrection, but that's not <laughs> what it is. No, I don't think that's it. Um, so I could see if maybe they were being extra critical because they were unsure but it almost seemed like Professor X was the only one like with his head on straight. Like everyone Incursions. else. Incursion. That's it. But everyone else was like automatically, you know, crucify him, get rid of him. We don't trust you. And Professor X was the only one who just thought anything other. And so I don't know if that was the issue is it's like you're supposed to be and I, I guess I'll say specifically Peggy, like you're supposed to be this great moral person. Like, how are you just turning your back and I don't know, sliding him like this so quickly? I have my theories. I will let's hear it. I think this is foreshadowing for when we find earth six, one sixes Illuminati. You is think our like- people are going to be jerks? I think it's going to be like, these people think they know everything, but they don't. And so I think that's why it went down that way, is that we're already introduced to this idea of like, oh, it's the Illuminati. They make all the big decisions behind the scenes to make sure everything runs smoothly, and they they would never abandon us or do anything wrong. And it's like, no, I mean, they're all, they're just as flawed as everybody else. You know, they they put themselves on a pedestal for this point. So I think when we get our Illuminati 616s, 
Illuminati down the road, if that happens, all of us are going to be keyed in like, nope, these people don't know what they're doing. Whatever decision they make, it's wrong, you know? Well, because they, too, had a very skewed idea of Wanda and the Scarlet Witch, which is interesting after, because you even made the point, after understanding the power of the Darkhold and what it did to their Doctor Strange, like, they, more than anyone, should be keyed into how it can corrupt or alter someone. And instead... You know, we saw videos where they were like, oh, well, in their world, they thought green means go. So that's a happy color. I don't buy that for a minute. I think they were just very ignorant to what was happening. They were focused more on the person rather than the cause, which, again, is kind of Wanda's whole thing. Like, no one ever thought Wanda needs help. She needs someone. She needs someone to listen to her rather than just focusing on your bad. You're being a bad person. Like yeah. no one looks at the cause. Yeah. I have some other Illuminati questions. Okay. Your game for them. Let's hear it. I know you're a big Peggy fan. Big Peggy fan. Now let me just throw out a, an alternate script. If it had been I already mentioned Eli Bradley in this episode. If it had been Isaiah Bradley as Captain America on the Illuminati, would that have gotten you pretty hype? That would have been really cool. I don't think it would have had the same wow factor just because I don't know if as many people are familiar, like if they would remember that character, like it might've been a Maria Rambo situation where everyone kind of has to think about it. For a second, but I think that would have been really cool. I did not, I was not the original thinker of that. Yeah. I read it online, but I thought, wow. Like, you know, because if things had shaked out differently and if there wasn't racism and if there wasn't, you know, all these obstacles that were put into Isaiah's way, he would have been Steve, you know, our version of Steve. Mm -hmm. And so I, like in an alternate universe, maybe it could have. Shaked out that way. I mean, that would have been cool. I would have been hype. Hype, hype, hype. <laughs> um, any other Illuminati type questions? Ooh, I mean, I guess the same thing. Like, what if it was Bucky instead of Peggy or anyone else? Um, so should we share the theory that we talked about for our version of the Illuminati. Oh, absolutely. So we saw this online and it makes a lot of sense for what could be happening in our universe and for the future of the MCU is maybe we've already seen the early formation of the Illuminati in previous movies. We've already talked about it, the end credit scene in Shang-Chi. So Katie and Shang-Chi get invited into the room by Wong and they're looking at the rings to try to figure out where they came from and they have a beacon going on them. And then who's in that room? It is Wong, the Sorcerer Supreme, Bruce Banner, the smartest man, smartest man on earth and Captain Marvel. So maybe that's the early 
version of who is going to be in our Illuminati. Because those are all replicas of the Illuminati that we just saw. So, I mean, they just have a few more seats that they need to fill in order to get that going in our universe. And I would be pro that. I'm pro anything with Bruce. (laughs) Even if he's making wrong decisions? Well, you know, they all make wrong decisions every once in a while. It would make me feel a little like maybe they're not so corrupt. Yeah. I don't who else do you who else do you think could make it in there? May probably Reed Richards after we get a Fantastic Four movie. But isn't his role to be like the smartest man? So I'm thinking we need a mutant of some type. Who is the mutant? Isn't that what the tuning fork guy is? An inhuman. Oh, what's the difference come on subtle difference yeah there is a difference is the keyword so i'm gonna take okay so who do we know that would classify as an inhuman nobody right now besides tuning fork guy (laughs) yes black bolt lame um i so we're missing a inhuman and we're missing professor x yeah i mean so i guess he's the mutant representation. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, we could get an eternal on there. Maybe. And, and then I don't, I mean, uh, Carol Danvers represents like space. So we don't need any other people from the galaxy. So I don't know. But I, but you know, I think, now understanding the context of that, that meeting at the end of Shang-Chi makes a lot more sense as to what they were doing. Well, and it also, it makes you a little more excited if you look at it from that standpoint. Like, what could that turn into? Yeah. So, um, let's answer one of, well, we're not going to answer it, but let's discuss maybe one of the biggest questions that I think it is widespread on the internet as, why did Wanda not just pick a universe with Tommy and Billy as orphans? And in that same discussion, where's Vision and Pietro? So my theory that I'm just kind of coming up with right now on the spot as I'm speaking is that maybe someone... And by someone, I mean Mephisto still has some sort of control over Wanda. Like he is, like he blocked what she was able to see because I was also wondering, you know, why she went about this the way that she did. Like, why did she hone in on those two when very clearly there was a Wanda there? Versus, I guess just what I had envisioned for the multiverse was that Mephisto was keeping, you know, Tommy and Billy captive. So I guess my only thought is that maybe he really is. And he sent her off looking for these two as like a diversion, as like a way to distract her while he had the, you know, her real two kids somewhere else. And she, you know, she just was unaware. The vision thing definitely confuses me. I don't know if 
like maybe she's moving through the different stages of grief. You know, obviously with Westview, that was how she reacted and grieved that loss. Maybe she came to terms with that or accepted kind of where they left off of, like, I'll see you kind of when I see you. Like, we'll see each other again. It'll happen. Like, you don't have to force it almost. Whereas with her kids, it's almost like she started a new grieving process. Like, she doesn't know how she's going to see them again. So she decided to go looking for them. Yeah. Well, in this uni- this alternate universe that we spent the most time, what, they, what was the number? Eight? Three, eight? eight? Uh, sure. This, I don't know. The one where the Illuminati was. Obviously, there's no vision in that one because Ultron, we presume, was built by Reed Richards in this universe, and he did not go bad. So was there, there was no need for a vision because Ultron, because we saw all the Ultron bots, like they were, they had not turned bad. Yes. So they didn't need a vision. But you'd have to imagine of all the multiverses, vision would have to exist in something else somewhere so i don't know i mean i've also seen the idea thrown out it's like well maybe she avoids the one with vision because she knows that vision would disapprove of what she's doing but maybe i mean i don't know i also feel like she gets pretty desperate so like if she really wanted to see vision she, I feel like she would still do it just to see him. Now, as far as her brother, I guess if we're sticking with my same theory of like she's accepted that loss, maybe that's why she's not searching for him. Or maybe it's just like what happened in Westview. Like she realized at the end of the day, it's not my brother. You know, like she's not trying to fill that hole in the same way that she is with her kids. Fill that hole? Like gunshot? Oh my gosh, Brendan, stop. Sorry. Too soon. I don't know. I mean, I you know, what if they retcon this, for lack of a better term, and say like, all those things that Wanda was seeing, they were, you know, delusion from the Darkhold slash Mephisto slash whoever else is kind of, if there's someone behind this, would that take anything away from this movie? If they said like, I don't know, like, yes, there are other Billy and Tommy's, but your specific Billy and Tommy's who remember Westview and went through that with you exist. And they are at this place. Like, I feel like that's where I kind of wanted the movie to get at the end. Well, because I think that's kind of what we anticipated, like going into it. We expected that version of Billy and Tommy. So I don't know if I would be happy with that or if I would feel like it cheapened this movie. Does that make sense? Because if they do it in a future movie, it's like, well, why don't you just do that from the beginning? I mean, there must be some reason behind everything. So Strange could break up with... Christine. Yeah, for a second time. Yeah. yeah. Good job. Um, Not break up, but you know. Yeah, I mean, she definitely seemed like she was doing a breaking up. She used like the knife quote twice. <laughs> <laughs> In two different universes, she stuck it to him. So yep. that is very much done. 
I guess that's that's the best thing that I can come up with right now is that maybe someone out there, Mephisto, is <laughs> people are rolling so, their eyes if we keep saying Mephisto, but it's it's like he it's it has it has to be there somewhere. The other conversation that we've had in our house recently is that when we get the Agatha Harkness show, we've got to get Mephisto. And then maybe that's when some of these questions will start to get answered. They can't avoid him forever. Yeah. We've gone too far into the Scarlet Witch, Wanda Maximoff train well, to just avoid him completely. And I think we might have mentioned before, that we did rewatch WandaVision to prepare for this. And, you know, first couple times we watched it, we were always man, they're really teasing Mephisto. And then afterwards, like, well, did I just imagine that? Was I, like, just reading too much into fan theories? No, like, they absolutely tried to shove it down your throat that Mephisto (laughs) is going to show up. So that's on them if he never shows up. That's not us just, like, letting our imaginations run wild, you know? Yeah, we were were fed lies. For now. For now. Hopefully they fix it. So, um... Do you have any other points? If not, I maybe, I mean, we're at an hour and nine minutes into this, so. Oh my gosh. Maybe like to talk about the future a little bit. You know, that's what we do best is just theorize, theorize. with absolutely uh, no ramifications or being held accountable for anything. No. Just get to blabber nonsense. Non- we're, that's what we do best. We're good at that. So to me, I think, you know, it seems like, you know, everything in Infinity or in the first three phases was always leading up to the Infinity War. Like, if you know, if you go back and watch it, you get the references to the Infinity Stone so early. Like, they planted that a long time ago. It's they've said that it doesn't, they don't want to do these huge long story arcs anymore but it kind of seems like they're doing it again to me it seems like house of m is being planted and secret wars is being planted and but is secret wars the one with the scrolls no that's secret invasion oh my very easy to confuse the two so i mean that's definitely taking place too somewhere in all of this right i mean they can't plant all of these scrolls everywhere and then have it go nowhere. So that can, and in the comics, it does lead into the House of M storyline. Oh. So just briefly, and I'm not going to get all the facts correct, so real hardcore comic book fans probably don't listen to us anyway. But <laughs> if you do, I apologize. But loosely, House of M is, it's the X-Men, the Fantastic Four, the Avengers, the Inhumans, I think, are represented as well. They all get together and they say, hey, this Wanda lady, the Scarlet Witch, she's too powerful and she's a problem and we need to get rid of her or find a way to do something about this. And so uh, it's actually Wolverine, I think, is the first to make the suggestion, let's kill her. Shocker. And so... You know, there's all these differing opinions about what they're going to do with this Scarlet Witch problem. She's, you know, like I said, she's too powerful. What are we going to do? And we kind of see that now. Um, So they, you know, there's ones that say no. And, 
it's in the comic it's Captain America who says, no, we can't kill her. Like she's helped us in the past for the Infinity War and things that have already taken place. So we need to find a way to get through to her, or help her control her powers, yada, yada, yada. But some people still want to kill her. She finds out through Quicksilver that they're trying to kill her. And so she concocts this spell that completely alters reality. And what she tries to do is to make everyone happy. And I think it's interesting is now we've heard that term thrown around quite a few times. That question. Uh, Quite a few times. Literally at every single turn in every universe, they asked, are you happy? Yep. Wow. So she does that and this, it changes reality, but most people do not understand that reality changed in that moment. They don't remember what it was like before. Are they actually happy? uh, I think like superficially. uh, Yeah. I think it's one of those is like, you think, you think you know what happiness means, but you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, they break through. They figure out, like, this isn't right. This isn't how things were before. And they get to Wanda, and something makes her make the decision. Okay, being a mutant is more burden than it's worth for all of us. You know, all of us having the X gene is... It makes us vulnerable. People hunt us down, whatever. So she says no more mutants and takes most of their mutant genes away. And somehow or another, that opens the doors that the scrolls are able to infiltrate like all these different groups with all the mutants gone at that point. Now, I don't think we will get a comic accurate version, but you can take the pieces of that story and certainly make something happen with mm. what we have. The big yeah, thing that is, would be a lot of people together. The big thing is the mutants. We don't have mutants yet. And like they'd have to do a lot of groundwork for us to get them. So it might be a different house of M version. Um, Oh, and it also has to do with her kids being trapped mm-hmm. by Mephisto. But I don't know. That was just like loosely. And then Secret Wars is the incursion of two different planets. And it creates like a third area where they can meet and fight and battle it out. And it kind of seems like that's what Clea is referencing in the end credit scene. Oh, and then quantum mania what is that who knows it's gonna be when kane comes back it's the only thing we really know and we know that cassie is going to be older at this point and ready to become some bug related crime fighter (laughs) whether (laughs) she's a wasp or a ant i think we'll we'll learn but do you want to walk through the upcoming titles that we have. Yeah, let's hear them real quick. So we have Miss Marvel this summer, Camilla mm-hmm. Khan. So that will be really good, I think. She's kind of a fan favorite in the comic. So I think people will love seeing her on screen. Thor, Love and Thunder this July. Taika Watiti, my be hero. Epic. 
Talk about a good director, Taika Waititi. Then we have She-Hulk. Jennifer Walters getting introduced at that point. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Emotional, mm-hmm. for sure. The Marvels, which that's when we know it'll be Miss Marvel, Photon, Monica Rambeau, and Carol together. And who knows, maybe America at that point as well. But I don't know if we know much of the story from it, but I thought it was interesting on here. They say that they did hire the staff writer from WandaVision to do the Marvels. Oh, okay. This should be good. Uh, then holiday 2022, we have the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. That'll just I'm be here like, for that, yeah. That'll just be fun. But that is supposed to be the bridge between Love and Thunder and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. So that'll be cool. Then we have Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania. When Kang is returning, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 in May of 2023, Fantastic Four. So now the rumor is that it will be John Krasinski as an executive producer and the director and actor will be Bryce Dallas Howard. You don't know who that is, do you? Yeah, am I supposed to be like, woo? Jurassic World, she directed episodes of The Mandalorian. They were the best episodes of The Mandalorian. Woo, yeah. Okay. Bryce Dallas Howard. You're lame. (laughs) Blade, vampires. Yeah, woo. Maybe see Moon Knight in that. We'll definitely see Black Knight in that. Captain America 4 in 2024. Bucky's going to die. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Mm, we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully he gets his happy, like, his retirement. He gets what he wants. Uh, and then Deadpool 3, like, does that bring mutants in? Who knows? But that's not scheduled to release until 2024. Mm. So that's a long time to wait. You're like, do they finally bridge the gap between Fox and and in the MCU at that point. Probably not. Cause I keep teasing it. Yeah. Uh, and then, then we're getting like way too off Shang-Chi two in 2024. Secret invasion is supposed to be in like 2024, 2025, but that's, right. I, yeah, we can't go much farther than that. We can only handle so much. I was going to tell you that's a long list that Olivia Coleman is in it. Who plays, Queen Elizabeth in the most recent season of The Crown. Is in what? Secret Invasion. Oh. In 2025? 2024, 2025. It's all fluid. It could, they could say it's it could coming be out. 2026. No, they could say it's coming out this fall and we'd be like, okay. We'll see. So, final thoughts on Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I I just feel like I'm more at peace now. I can appreciate the back and forth and the making you question who's good, who's bad. Is it, you know, can you find your way back from a really bad decision because 
they've teased that so much. So it'll be interesting to see what that does to like villains and stuff in the future. I mean, at the end of the day, I got my Wanda movie. She was there nonstop. You can't deny that. And and it is enjoyable. Like it's an entertaining movie. Like from beginning to end, you're pretty enthralled with what's going on. I mean, we're no movie critics. Like we can't, I don't know. We can't completely speak to everything, but I feel like it's a good movie. It's a good movie. And I think it's hopefully one of those that gets better with the next movies. Like once you know what it leads to. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is all you can really ask for. But like you said, we sat down. It was enjoyable for two hours. What more can you really ask out of a movie? I mean, we did see it twice. So Yeah, so we've seen it for four hours and 12 minutes. Mm-hmm. So, guess that is it. Probably, well, now we'll take we'll have to take a Marvel break. Yeah, we'll have to talk about something else. Kenobi coming out soon. I wish that you watch Stranger Things, and we could talk about that at the end of the month, but you do not. We are not talking about Stranger Things. Uh, and then next Marvel stuff will be Miss Marvel, and then... Love and Thunder, which I, you know, when they first announced the title, I was like, what the heck? I am over the moon excited for Love and Thunder now. It'll be good. All right. So thank you guys so much for listening. We are going to get back into storytelling soon. So as we prepare to go to Disneyland, we're going to try to cover some of the stuff that we have not done beforehand, really for our own benefit so that we understand it more. So Stay tuned for that. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll chat with you real soon. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Make sure you subscribe and leave us an iTunes review if you enjoyed the show. Between episodes, you can find us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland or visit DetourToNeverland.com. We appreciate you letting us be part of your day. See you real soon.